0: back for another top five how are you now i'm
1: doing pretty good is that my chair
0: <laughs> it was
1: <laughs> i hate this chair <laughs> hey listeners if anyone knows how to not have squeaky office chairs let us know we it would help jt with the editing a lot
0: yeah how at your boys like and the problem is you can't even use wd-40 because you can't get the wd-40 into the places that make the noise
1: No, no. I I mean, I pretty much like dipped my whole chair in (laughs) WD-40 at this point, and it's not helping. Now I'm afraid to lean back and and, and relax. So for the next hour, I'll just be sitting here causing future shoulder and back problems. So it's good.
0: The most tense episode of all time.
1: (laughs) I'll just wait for you to be giving some profound moment, and I'll be like,
0: It'll be perfect. Uh, well hopefully there will be some profound moments because this is the first like we're doing a retrospective Jer. this week we are doing our top five favorite picks that we've made to this point. We are this is episode 50, which is actually not true. It's like episode 70 something something but just just the top five stuff. this is our 50th top five episode, which means we've been doing this for almost a year and so we're gonna go uh, we're gonna go backwards a little bit. Now JT if my math's
1: right. And, and it often is that means we have collectively talked about 250 top things
0: yeah i think if you like if you take into consideration that we definitely had some duplicates but then consider all the pong i mean we have we've covered well over 250 movies there's no doubt
1: well if you were to include the pong especially the earlier episodes where our pong was like we must add 20 A- odd 100 entries each <laughs> yeah. i would say we've probably... We've probably topped about a thousand, probably even more, like 1,200 films in, in the past fifty episodes.
0: Yeah, I think like going like it's over a thousand, like under over a thousand. I'm taking over all day.
1: Absolutely. Well, I somehow made it through all of mine and found uh, some of my favorites. And I'll be honest, it was it was a bit of a challenge, not because I didn't like my picks, but because. I really wanted to scrutinize, did I, you know, what, what were the best? What were the best of the best? And what what made them clever and et cetera? How, uh, how was it for you?
0: So full transparency, I don't have a top five right now. I just have 10 and I'm going to do it on the fly. Not because like for any reason of being lazy, literally because I don't know. Like I'm really happy with the 10 I picked. I really like the reasons I picked all of them. And all of them are definitely on my list for like obviously. But for the same reason that you said, like they're they're different ones. I really didn't go off the movies. It really had to do with the context in which we were talking about it and and if it excited me. And so like if I saw one where I was like, oh yeah, man, that was a good one, I was like, okay, I'm just gonna I ripped it out. And I'm like, that's just a thing. I'm gonna put this over here in this little parking lot now. And I did that and wound up with like 13, and then I kind of whittled it down to 10, and now I've got 10, and I have no idea which ones I'm going to pick, and it's going to be fun.
1: <laughs> it's funny you say that, by the way. I have 13. I did narrow down to 10, and I've been all morning sort of swapping back and forth, which were the top five and which were the Pong. So I fully, fully get it. I also do think at this point that we should just pre-record you saying, I'm sorry I don't yet have my top five list, just you know, as, as sort of the intro to the segment.
0: It's basically the truth almost every week. It's very rare that I come in locked in. I usually have at least two floating where I'm like, nah, we'll see how I feel. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's good. It's it's tie Agile. You call audibles. All, I, all the good stuff. I am all about the audibles. But um, speaking of how you feel, Jeremy, did you have a feeling of making a spreadsheet this week?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, uh, <laughs> this was a fun one. Uh, only three categories, but all three are different than the past. Okay. The first category, uh, I'll, the one that I find is the least interesting of the three, but I think it was worth consideration, was the Gen X bias. In other words, did I pick a thing, like, like I'll give you an example, uh, because this has not made my top 10 here today, or, or five and Pong, is picking Fletch as a top five one-word titled movie sure. is very fun for me to do, and I... Will stand. I mean, you, you may well see a Fletch reference on my tombstone one day, JT. But um, maybe it's all ball bearings these days. It's like in a small font somewhere. But we can certainly agree it is simply not one of the top five, nor top any real lists of uh, guilty pleasure. So I had the Gen X bias as a category. It's a good one. I had the originality of the pick. So how far outside the beaten turf did I go? Yep. And then I had, which I think was a, an enjoyable one. How how good did I think that entire episode was?
0: Oh, interesting. I didn't consider the episode strength at all, which is really good.
1: Well, I then, of course, discarded most of the spreadsheet numbers and still went with the ones I was going for. But it did guide somewhat. And I will say, of those top, few all of them were in like my best episodes and highest originality so that sort of unofficially resonated very well with me
0: all right yeah i uh i love that you put a list together i like all your categories i almost feel like i should have a gen x unbiased like is there one that like because i take points away from those or very often just don't include them in my top five because i'm like ah jeremy will get that one
1: um well you're, you're in the millennial demographic which means you just get it you just get the category just from being there Right. You get the, the participation category.
0: I, yeah, I, I get the participatory award just for showing up. <laughs> uh, which leads us into uh, the Shawshank, which for those of you who are new, which we're very excited that there has been quite a, a number of you joining. Uh, the Shawshank is the category definer. We call it that because Shawshank is the most rewatchable movie um, this week. I think Jeremy and I—we just agreed—we're not going to Shawshank anything because if it makes our favorite picks of the year list, it's we want to talk about it. And the point of the Shawshank is it's such an obvious choice that it doesn't deserve or need airtime. All this stuff needs airtime.
1: Yeah, I think that I think that's fair. I was I I, I sort of had like a little note to myself. There was a pick you had made, not mine, you had made that I loved so much that I almost wanted to Shawshank that just just to give you those props. But uh, but I didn't.
0: Well, uh, I think do I do I start this week?
1: Well, should we conduct the internet to see what it says? I mean, I okay done. Okay, is it? I just googled. Sense? Does JT start this week? <laughs> and uh, it says yes.
0: Well, so then why don't we get right into it and uh, we'll see how this goes? So December eighteenth, two thousand two, with I don't got know, it right. This is you picking
1: Gollum for
0: most likable antagonists. So episode 24, the top five antagonists you rooted for, my five words were crafty, cunning, elusive, a savior. And if I was going to Shawshank something, it totally would have been this because I think arguably, not to pat myself on the back, this was the single best gotcha pick that we've ever had and probably forever will be.
1: Oh, I'll triple down on that. Well, I won't go with the forever will be because we sometimes catch each other off guard. The reason I liked it was not just that you got something that I didn't get, you got something that I would have certainly put in my top five. You got something that's from a movie I adore far more than you do. Right. And I would argue was a neat was was a perfect style response to the category itself. So that was like that was like a quadfecta for <laughs> you right there. That's why I wanted to give you full props. And I sort of actually had the hunch the whole time that it was going to make yours just because of the fun of that moment. Yeah. Now, JT, do you have the editing chops to go find that moment and insert it, like, right now?
0: And I think Gollum is an antagonist in this movie, and I loved Gollum. Gollum is such a good pick. So
1: here's the... Hold on a second. I'm... I'm (sighs) This is so, my, like, it's my fa- I mean, oh, Gollum is such a good pick. <laughs> I'm very angry right now. <laughs> so good, dude. <laughs> I'm happy that you have it, and I'm sad that I don't. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. I, I knew there was about two seconds of Dead Space, everybody. Or you just heard that. Yeah. But I'm sort of putting my buddy on the spot because he's got the editing work and it's his headache, not mine.
0: Yeah. And now, well, now, now I basically, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. But uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite moments that we've had on the podcast because, you know, for those of you who don't know, Jeremy really, really, really loves Lord of the Rings and like really understands it and understands the world and how it works and, you know, a rootable antagonist. Like I I don't know. This one just felt so good. And I think I even saved it for last because I was afraid that you would have it. And then like when you didn't have it, it was a big reveal. But I also think that this is one of my favorite picks I've made regardless of your reaction, just because I actually really did feel like this is the closest I've sort of come or among the closest I've come to like nailing a category because he is, he's just like, you know, I'm not a huge one of the ring guys. And yet at the same time, like I'm all about like hashtag Gollum for life. Like I just am such a huge Gollum fan and like <laughs> really was really pumped when I picked it. And then the fact that you didn't have it was even better. It was a great pick. Well
1: done, sir. And that's uh, so if we don't get the whole clip in there and you haven't heard it, that was episode 24. Yep. I will go to since, since you're going riffing around, I'm going to take more liberties than usual. I'll go with the following. Uh, October 50th, 2014. Okay. The Metacritic was 88. Uh, two of the cast members included... Paul Reiser, Paul is I, I realize I almost always use him you as a always,
0: person. Always use him, yeah,
1: because he's perfect in the sense of he, he's never the main character. He's always he's and he's not quite a that guy. He's he's usually like a like he's a supporting actor, right? He's yeah. up in that upper echelon. Paul Reiser and Melissa Benoist.
0: So, the, yeah. I have a guess already. Okay, is is this Whiplash? It is okay, but for what episode though?
1: So I I created a new top five. So what I did was, and this will be my shtick for the day, is anytime I did not – I'm reusing my top five words. Sorry, my my five-word clue. But if there was not one, in other words, it was an old enough episode we were doing that, I've made one up. So aggressively questioning timing of protagonist. Okay.
0: So this is for J.K. Simmons? It is. Okay, which would have been – not the same episode. Is this still episode 24? It is episode 24. It 22. sure is. Hey, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> and I picked it for a couple of reasons. First of all, I just think
1: his character, while, he, while he's like hateable, he's very rootable. Like you get what what he's doing. Even before there's like the full explanation reveal at the end. And, you know, every time he shows up on screen in Whiplash, every time he walks through that door and the classroom's sitting there in their tents, or when he runs into Andrew in the hallway, or whatever the moments are, you it's it's like you feel the tension mount. Right? He does such a good job in this movie that that he just it, it's almost like Darth Vader showing up on screen. It's like, oh boy, what is gonna happen this time? Yeah. And he's you know, a jerk, but a jerk with a real purpose. So I really enjoyed this one as a pick. It was one of my favorites. I really love this movie. And the second half is cuz you didn't get it in that
0: episode as well. That's right. That's 100% correct. Yeah. And I, I even forgot that it was today cuz I don't I, I don't remember if I made the argument then like rooting for him is so hard cuz he is such a bad bad dude, but also it he is so purpose driven. Like that's just a great. He's so purposeful. Like that's a really great that's great language for it. Oh god, and he's so good. Simmons is so good. So good. And it's
1: that you see him in other roles and you're like, is that just Fletcher again? Is he just, is he just
0: doing that thing? He's such a fun actor too, man. Like he's in the, um, the lady killer. He's so fun. He's just like such a fun actor. Like I really just enjoy him. But that, that was, I mean, weird to say a breakout performance of a guy who's been acting forever, by the way. Um, but that performance is like transformative. Like it was so, so stunning. I
1: think that was his move. That was his uh, William H Macy Fargo moment. That was the move from that guy yep. to, and he wasn't really that guy because Hollywood people know him and everything. And he was J. Jonah Jameson, so right, you, know, you got right. that. He had that yeah. going for him.
0: Uh, didn't he? Yeah. I wish I, I forget the trivia for that, but he had something like he won like fifty something awards for that role. I think.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I did not copy all my notes back in, but it was a crazy una- amount of awards. He yeah. he
0: nailed it. Yeah, he just won everything. That's a great. It was a great pick then, and it's a great pick, and I respect the heck out of it again. Uh, Yeah, that's great. All right. um, So, my next one um, this is fun because I really have no idea what I want (laughs) to do. I like all of them, but for different reasons. I'll do this. I'm going to do, yeah, I'm going to do this. Uh, May 13th, 2011. It's a 75 on Metacritic.
1: May 2011. Okay.
0: Uh, Let's give you. Rebel Wilson and Chris O'Dowd. Uh,
1: Chris O'Dowd. Yeah, that's he's Scottish. It's a Scottish guy. Irish. Irish yeah, Irish guy. But ain't Scottish, it's <laughs> um, I think Scottish is crap. I think I pretty. I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this. It's. It's. Is it Pitch Perfect? It's not Pitch Perfect.
0: No, but you're. You know, it's a. It's a good. You're in a similar wheelhouse. Oh, it's bridesmaids.
1: And it's for, uh, uh I remember this is early, right? This is, this is no, no, this is bridesmaids. Oh my God. I, can't, I I, if I had the whole list, like ready at my fingers, I'd find this one quickly.
0: What was it? Characters that made you angry. Yep. So this is episode 33 characters that angered you. And I picked Annie from bridesmaids, which was Kristen Wiig's character. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. We, I think we, she made both of us pretty angry if I recall.
0: Yeah. Well, so the reason that I like this pick, one is because I think this is, a, I and I wrote at the time and still think, this is a highly regarded movie. I think it's really, really good. I think Melissa McCarthy was great. I do think it's genuinely hilarious. I think it's a good comedy. I think it's highly watchable. I think it's well acted. I think Rose Byrne was hysterical in it. But like somehow missing in this, in the critique of this, I think from a lot of people is like just what a piece of garbage Annie is as a human, like basically throughout. Like she's just not a good person, no. and I know it. It drove you absolutely nuts, like to the point where I think you didn't enjoy the movie mostly because of it, right?
1: Yeah, like the individual scenes were funny. I mean, Melissa McCarthy in the in the on the on the sink. Yeah, I mean, she and she's just. I mean, the whole cast is phenomenal. I, you know, I I actually just think a I don't think I like Paul Feig's movies.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's that's okay. I do, and I actually did think this was a pretty well done one. I'm not for some reason Maya Rudolph has always rubbed me the wrong way. She just comes across as a tryhard. Kristen Wiig, I adore; like, I love everything Kristen Wiig does. I think she's hysterical, even like in little bit parts in like Ackerman Two. Versus, like, I actually thought her performance in Ghostbusters was really good. I just thought the movie was terrible. Um, but it's just it's this particular character is just such a piece of trash, and like, I was really stuck between. Wanting to include either her or Jenny from Forrest Gump, who also from the same episode, episode 33, like arguably took advantage of a mentally handicapped kid for for like decades. Uh, But this one was more fun to me just because I remember like I remember like rolling this out during the episode and you really liking how much I also didn't like her because it was like vindication for both of us seeing that this was a movie that could have been really good. But just like setting around a garbage person that never really got her comeuppance. Also, just like I don't know, I agree with some of the fig stuff. Like the whole com like you know getting your friends kicked off commercial airlines. Like that's not funny. Like it's not like that's no. not even funny. That's like annoying and dangerous. You know what I mean? Like the the being a bad friend, getting food poisoning because you're cheap. That all stuff is like shtick. I'm like yeah okay. But the like getting hammered and like you yeah, I don't know I don't know. She just sucked. She just really sucked, and I like this pick. <laughs>
1: Cool. I, I like this pick too. I, th- I think we went into it more in the episode, so I won't, won't belabor it. But the, I think it's also the marketing of the movie as sort of the women's hangover, right? Because it just really wasn't, and and it, it should have been. A, a, you know, cause it was a bit more about friendship. Hangover was about like how can we throw crazy, crazy ac- uh, comedy sequences together, right? This had some of that, but it was much more about like that friendship journey thing, which is why her being a dislikable character mattered so much. When Zach Galifianakis was unlikable in The Hangover, it didn't matter. You're not supposed to like him.
0: Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is that there was no hope for him, which was why it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like with her, and you're right, the, the character arc, real, the story arc really here is Annie figuring out she's not where she needs to be. And then they, they're they finally there supporting each other. Um, but there's a bunch of teardown in the meantime, which, you know, I don't know. Just it just, like- to be honest, I don't think it would fly now. Like as 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 woke as I think we've sort of become to some of this. Like the amount of like women tearing women down that occurs in that movie in lots of little spots. With the exception of Melissa McCarthy, everybody in that movie is miserable to each other for pretty much the whole time. That's also true. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know if they do that these days.
0: All right, I'm moving on. Do it.
1: All right, here we go. I will go to. Let's do this one, man. Now you have me questioning. I, I, I really actually enjoy a lot of this list, but but we'll get to them in Pong. So we'll we'll stick with what I had. March sixth, nineteen ninety eight. Okay, Metacritic is seventy one. IMDb one hundred ninety fifth movie of all time. Wow. And the the, the cast is utter giveaway. So in this case, I'm going to do again the just the five words, and that's that. Uh, but you'll get it. Religiously observant bowler follows rules. Big Womowski. Yep.
0: Okay. So this is, is it Walter? Sun- is it specifically, is it Walter? Yes. And so which episode would that have been in? Um, Not the, ang- that's not the same again. It's not episode 33 because he didn't anger no. you. No. Um. Oh man. I don't know.
1: This was episode 38, Top Five Henchmen Spinoffs.
0: Oh, yeah. That's great.
1: This, this is, great. is, you know, the movie could be called I Don't Roll on Shabbos or Sobchek, <laughs> yeah. Walter. It could just be Walter.
0: I yeah, mean, just Walter. I'd see just Walter.
1: I'd see Walter you know if you saw a poster it's walter and it's like the um it's like a a, a a lithograph or whatever style of john goodman's face with those sunglasses on and that was it you'd pre-order the tickets now right now right this if time. there was never a trailer just just the one poster
0: yeah, i i couldn't be more in there's literally nothing you could do to make me more into that
1: yeah, This was one of my, I, I enjoyed this pick a lot. I think it was a fun episode we had. Uh, the the whole shtick there was like, which hedgeman you want to see in the movie? And I went, when I went looking through the list, I sort of did this, you know, in addition to the categories I had. But like, how true does that feel? And given that how we're both talking right now, again, yes, I would go see that movie. This felt pretty, pretty on the nose for me.
0: Yeah, that's great. And this is another one that I – so I did have this – I think I had this in Pong but didn't sneak it in. And then as you were talking about it, I was like – I was wrong. I was like, no, this is this is better than some of the ones I have. Like I'd rather – I think you did have one of those,
1: oh, Jeremy Good pick kind of moments.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Because it's a great pick. I know I had it in Pong because um, I think like I'm trying to remember – what's fun about this for me is I don't remember what I picked during these episodes. So like trying to think back to like who did I have in that, like the only one that like I think I genuinely remember was Brick Tamlin from Anchorman, just because I have a lot of questions. Like I think that was my shtick in that episode was just like, how's that guy alive? Like how did he How's that guy 40? alive? Yeah, how, did, how did he make it to 40? <laughs> I think
1: that's right. Yeah, because you made a lamp clue. So that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. I remember yeah, yeah. a lamp clue. Yeah. I think this was also the last movie that I got away with, including a Lebowski reference that you had forgotten. Cause I had done it a couple of times and you're like, all right, I better get Lebowski in consideration at all times.
0: Yeah. Which is weird because I use a lot of that in my everyday life. Like that's one of the movies I probably quote on more than most um, specifically with a couple of buddies who are really into that movie as well. But yeah, I guess without, out of context Uh, That movie is, it's funny because it's just, it's such a weirdly quotable movie. Unlike like Anchorman, which is like also very obvious, but like you can slip Lebowski quotes into actual life and they kind of make sense. Oh, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Uh, Yeah. Listen, it was a great pick the first time. It's it's a great pick again. Okay. What am I going to do right now? I don't know. Nope. I really don't. Okay. Let's do this one. Yeah, I'm going to do this one. September 17th, 2010, I will give you Blake Lively and Pete Posselwaith.
1: I think I I believe this would be the town.
0: This is the town. That's correct. Which I definitely
1: didn't get. Whatever your clues were, there's no way I got it. And because of, I believe, whatever episode this is going to be, I need to hear your clues to remember the episode. But Oh, is this the heist? Top five heist movies?
0: This is episode 22, favorite the top five heist movies.
1: This is a great pick, especially now I'm going to give you extra props and let you go, is uh I just watched The Town again because of this episode. And I remember calling you and saying, oh, my goodness, how did I not like this movie more?
0: So th- to be honest, Jared, that's basically why it's on the list nice. is because I respect and and just like I respect your mu- movie prowess so much that like if I remember a movie being good and you were like, I don't remember liking it that much. Like it makes, it doesn't make me think you missed something. It makes me think I misremember the movie, but (laughs) but this one, I remember thinking, no, this was really, really good. Like this was, I just remember thinking like, this is such a balanced movie. Like there's so much good, bad. It's a great concept. It's really good. It's really well executed. There's bad guys versus good guys versus bad guys versus bad, good guys versus good, bad guys. Like I like they do all those like really fun little things it's incredibly well acted there's genuine turmoil and confusion um and i just remember thinking like this movie was so gray like it was such like a sort of a not not black not white movie and i just remember liking it so much and you i remember your specifically like reaction being like yeah i just don't remember thinking it was that good and i i it's one of the only times where i was staunchly like i'm right i know i'm right <laughs> i want you to see this again cuz i think you are missing how good this movie was and then, uh, sweet vindication. When you watched it and said, "Wow, that was really good!" Like it's a really good movie.
1: <laughs> well, well, I think you get full props, and uh, I, I think it was a good pick. I, it's funny because now I got to go look at what were my top five heist movies uh, just to just to see would it now sneak in? It would definitely get its way into Pong. There's no doubt about that. At this point, it would make the at least the back when we did the extended Pong, it would probably make my top five Pong at this point too.
0: See I think if I remember the episode which I don't but what I think happened is I think you leaned a lot heavier into classic heist stuff like if if memory serves you were way more into like the 60s 70s built the genre on top of these great films and right. ve- very much as you and I tend to do I went with things from the last 25 years
1: <laughs> Yeah and I think uh yeah if memory serves that this is one of those ones I still I still fully adamantly disagree with uh one thing from that episode, which is the the Shawshankable movies in the category, are still in my like. I can't get away from it. It's, it's the Sting in Ocean's Eleven, and that's that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, you haven't seen, if I'm not mistaken, the Sting in a long time.
0: A very. I've seen it once, and it has been easily fifteen to twenty years.
1: Yeah. So you should you should get on that. I will. Happen. All right. All right. Nice. Well, then I will go to another one where I'm just going to give you a little bit of data because there's no way to give you cast and make it work. 2018 with a Metacritic of 83. And my five words are for the greatest ascent ever.
0: For the greatest ascent ever. Okay, so I remember. Oh, this is annoying. I remember that clue. And I remember not getting it in the episode, too.
1: <laughs> you actually did get it because there was some musing that left you. And I'll tell you the one word that got you there. So I will give you the sixth word, which is Everest.
0: Oh, right. This was uh, so this is free solo.
1: Right. And do you remember the episode?
0: So I think. This was the episode we did with Jeremy from Citizens. Was this the what movies you wish you saw in theater? That's the one. Okay, nice.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know how much further to go on this one. Free solo and IMAX, yes, like it it needs to be a thing. It some at some point, actually, the way the current the, theatrical theatrical world's going, maybe I could just rent down an IMAX theater with a couple of friends. But at some point, I want to see this movie on like the six-foot-tall, that's the six-story tall. Legit, big, big, big IMAX screen, yeah. and have a heart. Definitely have a heart attack while watching it. But
0: oh, but sure. I feel
1: it has to be done.
0: Yeah, there's like a zero percent chance I don't stroke out during that. I, I like <laughs> if you do it, I want to go. <laughs> like I definitely want to see it. Um, but yeah, that's an absolutely terrifying concept to, <laughs> to even watch on the big screen. But yeah, yeah, I'm in. I'm into it. Uh, it's such a good five words. It's such a great movie. Um, this is another. This is one of the fun ones too. Like, this is a movie I hadn't seen. I, I've seen so many movies because of the podcast, because of doing so many of these. This movie never in a million years would have come across my desk. Like, it just wouldn't have been a thing for me. And right. you and Jeff both spoke so highly of it, and like, I I sweat on the the edge of my. I like I literally. I think I said this in the episode too. The only problem with this in theaters is I paced through a fair amount of this movie. Like physically had to walk around my house. I was so uncomfortable. And that would be the only thing is we'd have to rent the theater out and leave some pacing space for JT because I wasn't okay.
1: Should there just be a pacing zone in some theaters?
0: I think you just need like a pacing spot for this. And you're just like, you know, like where they have the, there's that first row before you go, like just in front of that wall, you should just be allowed to pace back and forth as much as you need to as you watch Alex basically hurdle his body through the air with no ropes.
1: Right, I'm down for the pacing section as long as I can get my massage seat option cuz that's what I really think the, the- like I think the theatrical the, the theaters need to just go like triple down on the theatrical experience right now just make it so good that you can't possibly justify watching a movie like Free Solo at home you know
0: Yeah it's actually really interesting cuz I mean there's a lot of we don't want to we don't want to turn this into a work podcast but there's a lot of movement right now of <laughs> of 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 stuff being purchased and kind of people coming together and I do think that's, that's interesting. Like what would be the thing? So Jeremy, let's do this on the fly. What would be the thing that would make it? So we know seats, we know you need a good massage chair. We've got that. Like what are the other things that you think would drag, not just you, but other people back to theaters?
1: Uh, I think you should have cell phone free nights where it's like, like a zero tolerance policy. Literally someone's in the, th- in the back corner of the thing, your phone comes on, you're out yeah. so that you can go, and you get that theatrical experience. And then, and by the way, I would complement that with showings that are deliberately like, hey, for those of you with the attention span of a gnat, enjoy and what, play your Clash Royale while you're watching whatever you're doing. Right. Um, I think that kind of a thing would be good. I think doing more like select your seat, order food, pre order stuff. I think booze is a smart idea to yeah. some degree, to some amount of limits. I think they should also reconsider some of the pricing strategy around food. Like this is the right opportunity for theaters to say, you know what? People don't really want to spend $9 on a bag of popcorn. Yeah. So let's just make that like five bucks and make up the other four some other way.
0: Yeah. I think that like one of the things that I would be most bullish on is I would love to see them elevate the food game. Because, like, yeah. I, I don't think people care. I think people are happy to spend 9 or $10 on something. I just think that having it be, like, junior mints and popcorn is annoying. So, like, if you could do, you know, elevated finger foods, like, you know, people like foodie stuff. Like, just do cool foodie things. Like, even if you just, like, zhuzh up the popcorn, but do it with, like, more than just, like, But I don't know. Like, that's a thing that I always felt like was a miss Because it is kind of a part and parcel thing. Like, when you watch movies at home, one of the things I like the most is, like, you do like a pizza movie night. You do like a Chinese movie right. night. Like you know, you like you like to have that sort of like grazing concept of like whatever. It, it would make a lot of sense to me to marry those two things because they just they're so inherently tied together anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: The, the other
1: thing that I, I can't figure out what you do with it, but you know whether it's some deliberate pause moments or something like oh I I think I told you this that Jeff and I went to see the Mortal Kombat reboot in theaters a couple weeks back, which was. Very interesting, only six people in the movie theater. I have a, uh, a zoomed out photo of the lobby being utterly empty. It's so it, it was weird. It was like zombie movie weird. And uh, all I could think, like certain things were happening and oh my gosh, did I want to pause. I just wanted to like pause it and talk to Jeff for five minutes and then go back to the movie. And so given how strong those instincts are getting for all of us, we've now had a year straight of being trained that watching at home is okay. Yeah. I, I think like every, every angle where there's an opportunity to do something new or different or innovative or fun, you know, achievement systems like what Warner did with you can watch it for free on HBO max or buy in the theater. Or maybe even have like HBO max subs gets a dollar off in the theater or something like, you know, just little things to do that. By the way, a slight counter check on you on that popcorn thing. You really want to get family, middle America families back to theaters too. And movie going has become really expensive. Like, it's like a hundred bucks for a family of four to go see a movie now. Yeah. That, that's a lot of money to a lot of people. So the more that we can make it more approach approachability, I think is key. Uh, and then maybe some high-end theaters where it's like, yeah, screw it. Here's some fancy chicken skewers handmade from chef. So it's Keller, color. This catered by per se, you know?
0: Yeah. I think that's so there's two things I want to react to one for some reason when you, I love the no cell phone thought, um and for some reason the bouncer in the movie theater is Taika Waititi as Korg and he just walks up excuse me sir I need you to put your phone down otherwise you have to leave like it's, I, yeah. I just i want that to be some like really big beautiful new zealand person who's like scary to look at but then the kindest voice you've ever heard um and then the other thing is and i just had this thought while you're talking about it but like the idea of like what karaoke does private rooms so that you can pause, right? Like how many people Mm. would you need to get into a room where you all agree that like, we just all agree. Everybody has a remote. And if somebody wants to pause for two minutes, we're all cool with that. And there's maybe even a timer. like There's a two minute timer on it or something because like, I don't like karaoke, but like I will go to sing sing if my friends get a room because that's tolerable to me.
1: Well, I like this idea. Like, you could have a like a, a bunch of micro theaters right. offer screen and sound better than what most people have at home, right? Yeah. Like we got the projector set up, so we have a hundred and thirty-inch screen. So for us, watching on a fifty-inch screen seems weird. Right. Truth is it wasn't expensive. I just happened to have a wall-free and the ability to do it. It was actually about the same price as buying any kind of flat screen these days. Yeah. So you create a create a booth, you know, a series of booths and like what you could even have like a larger library like go kinda of deal with Netflix Warner whoever
0: right well, that's kind of what i'm thinking right is like if you just cuz like here's the thing what the reason i just got to this is because you want to see free solo here you go dude like let's just like like just have a streaming service you can use your own account if you want and you're basically just renting the rooms yeah and then yeah, they yeah. can release it eh, if anybody's listening we got ideas over here guys we got <laughs> some ideas almost like I wish we knew people in this industry, Jer. <laughs> we,
1: it, I, we might know a guy or two. I do follow Regal and Cinemark and AMC on Twitter. So
0: Hey.
1: May, maybe one of them will we'll give them a shout-out. Give them an a. All right, should we go back to the uh to the selections?
0: I forgot what we were doing. Yeah, sure, why not?
1: <laughs> it is your turn for pick number one, two, three, four. Okay. Pick number four.
0: Uh so I'm going to do. Oh man. I don't know. I'm stuck between two, and I think I'm going to do this one. All right, I'm going to do this one. Uh, July 3rd, 1985. It was a great day in American history, by the way.
1: This was the home movie of
0: JT being born? Well, that was, I was born on July 3rd, 1985. I also have an 87 on Metacritic.
1: <laughs> I believe there's two options for this. If I'm not mistaken,
0: yours will be Back to the Future. That is absolutely correct. That is absolutely correct. So this was reaching way back in the machine to episode 14, uh, which was reboots we want. And I know it was sacrilegious at the time. And I liked the pick at that point for it. But the reason I liked it is because I I don't know if you remember this, but I ran through a bunch of like cast ideas of people that I thought would be fun. And it was that that was really fun for me. And I was like some of the most fun that I had back like, Listen, episode 14, we were still kind of finding our way. We had just come off of doing the blockbuster movies thing, which took forever and was a lot of research and was a bunch of stuff. And this was kind of like the first time of like getting to play in the who cares, just do what you want. How would you make this movie? And so the idea of like using either Tom Holland or Tony Revelry, he's the guy from the kid from Grand Budapest Hotel, um, all the different George McFly stuff and like Biff and all these different people that I got to sort of play with and try to put in. Like I actually didn't have it in my top five originally and then did the cast what ifs just for fun and then went, no, I actually want to do this now. And I want to like modernize it a little bit and maybe go back to the 80s. So like current movie, but you go back in time to the 80s because that would be funny because that's the equivalent of the 80s going back to the 50s. And I just thought it would be fun. And I saw this and went, that was a fun pick. And then I kept looking through other stuff and then I was like, No, that was like a really fun pick. I really like that pick and I still really kind of want someone to green like this because I think it could be a lot of fun.
1: I still agree that it was a very fun pick and I will maintain my veto. (laughs) Right. Don't touch this movie. I mean, don't worry about it. We all know because I've said the fact like three times on the show. They can't.
0: They can't. Yeah. They can't. Yeah. But that's still part of the reason that I think it's even more fun is that it's really fun to think about what they could do. Uh, Also, I just love that Billy Zane was in Back to the Future because I love Billy Zane.
1: I do think it would be fun to do a shared universe. How about a shared universe movie? So it's not even Back to the Future 4 necessarily. It's sort of a spiritual sequel. Maybe they have found Doc Brown's plans, right? Or I still think one of the cars is buried in a mine somewhere. I'm not quite sure what happened with the timeline on on all the... There's a lot of DeLorean – there's more there, – there's there's at least one DeLorean in the wild. I'll just oh, say that.
0: There most certainly is. Yeah, and I think where we landed and I still feel is right. Like I wouldn't actually want to remake. I would want to like reboot this as a franchise and bring it into modern times. And I think what you just said is perfect. Like I think I even said at the time like make the car like a stupid PT Cruiser or something. Go back to like the 90s and early grunge and see like a, like, a, Zen, a, a Gen Z kid trying to navigate like the early 90s or like the late 80s. I think would be hysterical and it's all spiritual nods to the original, but it's not the same storyline, right? Like a completely different storyline, same character structure, I think makes sense. Um, I think we could do without the incest, we would all agree. Uh, And then (laughs) outside of that, I think just the, again, this goes to like, we talked about like, we wish people would just make the Goonies again, but just don't call it the Goonies. This is the same thing. Like just make this movie again, but don't call it this. And just do like a bunch of like really lovely nods to it. And I think it would be so much fun.
1: I, I I'm I'm with you. I think I think shared universe. I'm in. You know, it's uh, it's probably it's a Tesla, and and it has the same issues, right? It goes back to the '80s. It looks like a spaceship. It there's no conventional fuel for it, so you can right. have the same basic plot line. Actually, they could really really have some fun if they use what they did in Back to the Future Two and and digitally insert sequences from this movie into Back to the Future. Like like somehow. Right. You know, and it's a she this time, of course. Like everything switches around, and you have some fun with it. Yeah, I, I, I'm up for that as long as it's as long as it's so blatantly not a reboot and not a sequel. Yeah, right. What what I think we both think they should have done with the Ghostbusters?
0: Exactly, uh, that's exactly movie. right. Yep. Yeah,
1: yeah. Just a touch of fan service, and then moving on. Well, then, November seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight. Every generation has a legend.
0: Oh, uh, oh boy! November seventeenth, nineteen ninety-eight. Uh huh. So the Matrix was ninety-nine. What happened in ninety-eight? I have no idea.
1: <laughs> so this was actually one of last week's picks. This was this was the Phantom Menace preview.
0: Oh, which is still so clever that I forgot that it could possibly be a pick again.
1: <laughs> so I re listened to the episode this week and got into a conversation on the topic with a few different people. And I think the significance of that trailer is so much more profound than I even gave it credit for in episode. Like it cr- not only created QuickTime, it created the rush to be able to watch trailers on demand it moved trailers from being a thing that were scarce to a thing that were common it, it it really was the beginning of of how much the internet i mean i don't know how much what percent of of internet activity sites whatever is related to simply movies cool. answers a lot though a you lot, know yeah it's wedged in there somewhere in the you know dark web slash adult content and you know like the streaming itself and pictures of food. I mean, probably recipes. (laughs) Yeah. You know, watching other people play video games. Like that's, that's, (laughs) it's up there. And I really, uh, I really liked that. I liked your reaction again. I liked that. It was just way out of the field, but it was also when I thought about it and re-listened to most of Lucas's true accomplishments were in the seventies to early eighties. And so having kind of that one last thing that, that he firmly gets to wear that belt for uh, in the nineties, I, uh, I like that. I like that a lot. So.
0: Yeah. I, I am, I think this is very funny because I literally forgot about this again because it just did it, like, it's not a movie. So I was like, well, we can't pick those. So that's fine. Like this basically might've been like, a, this could have been an airport as far as I was concerned, which is why it was such a good pick last week because I was like, Oh man, that's so clever. And it's just as clever this week. Um, and I like, you know, we talk about Shawshank, like this, this is the, this created the way that people market movies now, like the entire movie industry is reactive to this one event, um, which, you know, wasn't a huge thing for me, maybe just because of timing, you know, like at 13 and maybe I didn't care. Um, I, but like, you know, I have also talked to people about it since. And a couple people I've talked to have been like, oh dude, yeah. Like they remember where they were when they first watched it. Like it's like a thing, uh, which is awesome.
1: It's one of the bigger, you know, internet meme social events of the last uh, of the late nineties. It it was, it was signature. And I think I never really did the the full, full research to, to tie all the threads together, but there is definitely a thread that, that is inarguable of trailer. This trailer led to QuickTime downloads in the millions and QuickTime downloads led to Mac purchases. And if you look at the timeline of Apple, this is right around the iMac. This is right after Steve Jobs has taken back over. This is like Apple stock is at six <laughs> hey. to today. And right? so I don't know that I would go all the way to say because of the Phantom Menace trailer, Apple is the company we have today. But it is certainly in the list
0: of ingredients that made it happen. Which is that's a pretty that's a short ingredient list. So just being on the list is pretty good. I think so. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, uh, this is my last one, right? Yes, sir. Okay, this is the one that I... This is a good hint, potentially. This is the only one that I picked where I thought it might be on both of our lists. And so I'm interested to see if that's the case. Uh, June 30th, 1999. Uh, I'm not going to give you anything uh, because I, it's probably too easy. Uh, I'll give you my five words, though, were blame, shame, doom... Gloom, song.
1: Oh, now It's not what I thought it was. I thought you were you're gonna do, but the, I was confused because at first I thought this was Matrix and me missing it in theaters. Nope. But I didn't think you'd cross the uh, cross the stream into my my top fives. And from those words, there's part of me that's thinking it's Inside Out, but it's way, 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 way before Inside Out. That's correct. Can I, have, can I have the words one more time? Sure. Blame,
0: shame, doom, gloom, song. In 99.
1: Oh, oh, South Park, uh, South Park, the bigger, longer uncut for best animated movies?
0: No. So this was episode 23. Best for musicals. For, for yep, favorite musicals, top five musicals. And – uh I was so proud of this pick that I had it and then you also had it. And it still is one of the it was just one of like one of my favorite sort of oh same same moments that we've had on the podcast uh because I think both of us were really excited that we had it and we both should have had it cuz it is 100% a musical and I will 100% die on that hill. Uh and it's just so much fun. Like it's such a fun silly stupid movie like you know, you just got to like sort of allow people to just got to let people like you got to let it be what it is and also like you know we talk a lot about like the personal nostalgia of this um i remember sneaking into this movie like so how old are you i was 13 i was like i was on the cusp
1: 13 yeah wow, we never talked about that what <laughs> i mean how much of the things that were happening were you like i don't really know what's going on but i'm just laughing my my butt off
0: so now looking back, I think I probably understood a little bit more of it than I should have at my age, to be completely candid, just because I was sort of exposed to lots of stuff. Um, but yeah, like I'm pretty sure like I, I remember buying tickets to Wild Wild West to sneak into this movie. Like that's <laughs> that's what like I saw Wild Wild West technically three times. Because so that's
1: how it made as much money as it did.
0: That's how it made as much money as it. I'll bet you that really is a thing.
1: Oh, very possibly, because, well, Wild Wild West also had something about the the Star Wars trailer or something in it. Like, Wild Wild West did artificially well for multiple factors. I don't remember the whole story offhand, but there's there's stuff in it. I love this pick, by the way, GT, also because I think if, if memory serves, I know it was true for me and I think it was true for you also. We both thought we would get the other one with this one.
0: A hundred percent. I was so excited to like spring this on you and then have a discussion about it. And I think you were the same, which is part of the reason we were just like, yeah, we were both really funny. It was like yeah. a fun little moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice one. No, it's, it's
1: great. I don't even know why you're defending the, it's a musical. It's a musical. Like it's a musical. On, on the standard of people breaking, <laughs> what, what was my thing in that episode is people stop what they're doing and break into song and dance as a method of moving the plot forward. Right. Yeah, musical. it happens. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah, 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 There's more songs in that than Aladdin.
0: Oh, way more so. Also, I mean, they also straight up ripped off Les Mis. Like it couldn't be more of a musical. Like the, the that yeah. final song is literally just they're 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 making fun of Les Mis. It's great. <laughs> it's great. So what
1: episode was that? Tw- 14? 23. 23. All right. It's going back. All right. Metacritic score. 56, December 11th, 1987. I will give you Hal Holbrook and Sean Young. Okay. And I will say, maybe overstated benefit of greed.
0: Oh, is this Wall Street? It is. Oh, what episode would Wall Street have been from? Oh my gosh. Is this old, old? Hmm. No,
1: it's like uh, I want to say it's in the thirties of our episodes. Huh. So it's uh, yeah, I got I got it right here. It's it's in the thirties. I was
0: right. Um, is this is this episode thirty three again? Characters that made you angry. It is not. Oh, that I really don't know.
1: It's it's one episode later. It's episode thirty four. The One Hit Wonders. Oh. And this is where Wall Street is the only movie to have won an Oscar and a Razzie, which I still think is one of the just bizarrest, funnest, cool trivia things I've ever seen about a movie. Yeah. And I love that so much. And it made me so happy to find it. And it made us have such a fun chat in that episode. It also led to all of our stuff about Metacritic. Sure did. Which I think in what I guess we maybe even want to formally call like season two or however we look at the next uh, 50 odd episodes, you know, is is now up for, for
0: some for some scrutiny. Oh yeah. Yeah, Metacritic is up for review right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: to be fair. To be fair. To be
1: fair. The numbers are mostly garbage. Mostly garbage. They really are. Yeah. Like the the, the guidelines of Metacritic are pretty clear, right? Like basically an eight you know, it's it's like getting a, a letter grade minus ten. So eighty up should be an A, seventy is a B, because it's really hard to get a movie into the 80s in Metacritic, and 90s is virtually impossible. And the truth is, I think you see 68 as a Metacritic score, you're not scared away from that movie. Not at all. You're just like, yeah, you're just like, okay, well, it's not an, an Oscar winner. It's just going to be audiences are probably going to like it. 68, you're, you're probably going to find it's fine. You know. Yeah. So, anyhow, this uh, this pick, it was it was out there. It was wild. It was silly. A fun discussion and uh, prompted some 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 constructs for our our little podcast here.
0: Yeah, you could you you could almost say that this is sort of like the the Star Wars trailer of the Wingman universe of of the LoFi Top Five universe. <laughs>
1: ooh
0: ooh, very meta. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into Pong, uh, which is hard because I wanted to talk about all these picks again, but that's okay. Uh, So I'll go first, April 26th, 1995 with a 54% and my five words were not on my day off.
1: So it'd be clerks. No. Not clerks. No. All right. Sorry. What's the year again?
0: 1995.
1: Oh, it's Friday. Yep. Uh, From which list? Where did you pick Friday? I know where I picked Friday.
0: Oh boy, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get this one offhand. So this was episode 29, the top five movie duos of all time.
1: Oh, duos. Yeah. And it yeah, was yeah.
0: for me, Craig and Smokey, which I, I actually wrote like a whole diatribe about how I will not apologize for how amazing I thought this movie still is.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a great movie. No, I think my only beef with that episode was you trying to make uh, Jay and Silent Bob at the same level as R- R- Riggs and Murtaugh, which I was like, uh-uh.
0: That sounds like something I would have said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Ponging away. Uh, I will skip all other clues and just say, how's your neck and back? Friday. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which episode was it for me? Do you remember?
0: Um, No, I don't. This was the hanging out
1: with the director one because I felt – He had made such a profound movie that we all look back now as mostly sort of a slapstick kind of comedy, but at a time where it was hard to make. I mean, it's always hard to make a movie like this, but in that time in particular, probably would be the only time as sensitive uh, as right now might have been. And I just, and then F. Gary Gray has got on to do so many things since. So that would be, I'd still love to have that conversation. F. Gary Uh. Gray, if you were listening to us ever, I would love to hang.
0: Oh, dude, come on on. Come on. We'd love to have you on the podcast. All right, so I'll do this for mine. I'll give you my five words. Earth, water, wind, fire, spandex. Earth. Now, that's sounding familiar also.
1: Did you give me a year or you did not?
0: I did not. I will. It's 1997. 97.
1: Oh, this is the fifth element. Yep. And... It wasn't the same, it was the same episode?
0: This is from episode 43 for Top Director Chats because I want to talk to Luc Besson about all the amazing stuff that he did in this that I think gets overlooked because of how silly the movie is.
1: All right. But this is the time where I'm going to have to do this, my friend. Okay, And fine. it's not just because I'm Canadian. Go ahead. It It's Luc Besson. That's what I just said. No. Luc Besson. There you go. What did I say the first time? You said like Besson or something. I don't
0: think I did. Respectfully, no, disagree. Respectfully disagree. Respectfully
1: uh, what, disagree. What was the episode 34? You, you go back and give that one a little quick listen. You,
0: oh, you, in the original one. I'm saying right now I said it right. Back then, I'm sure I said it wrong.
1: You, you were sort of in between.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's a Frenchish name, and I got the French thing going on, so I can't, you know, I got to speak up for it.
0: It's all yours, friend. I will and happily. Boku. Boku.
1: But I would also want to hang out with uh, with Mister Besson. He's great.
0: Yeah, Mister Besson's the best.
1: <laughs> All right, uh, nineteen eighty seven, Metacritic forty. The movies included Robert Loggia and David Mendenhall, and my five words were, "Turn my hat, become machine."
0: Turn my. Is, is this a movie? I don't even know if I've seen this. I don't know.
1: You said at the time you had seen it, but it's not like it's not in your it's not in your memory banks the way it is in mine. And it's uh the movie is over the top. And this was the Guilty Pleasures episode, episode 35.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have seen this. It's a it's a it's more of a fun internet meme to me than it is like an actual movie, though. But yes.
1: Right, right, right. Whereas to me it was like reruns on cable, there's nothing else on. I guess I'll watch Over the Top again.
0: Again. Right. Uh again. Right. Fair enough. And again. <laughs> uh, all right. So my next one is July 20th, 1979 with a 91. And I will give you my five words were affinity for mustachioed men. I don't know why I keep doing this. What was the year one more time? 1979. Affinity
1: for mustachioed men in 79. This is not Jaws. 79 could have been Alien, but I don't know why there's Mustachio Man in Alien. And it could have been, it's around the same time also for that. I'm thinking of a bunch of stuff that's floating through my
0: head. I I don't have this one. So this is from episode 31, which is the top five new to me movies of 2020. And this is because I got to watch Breaking Away.
1: Okay, so breaking away was the first thing in my head. What was the men- mustachioed men part? He loved the Italians, the Italian race team. Oh, yes. Okay, fine. I could not make it about Point, bikes. Fine. No, no, No fine. <laughs> it's good. It's it's it. Hey, look, there's there's you know the as long as there's some plausible thing, I think any five words work, and that's a, that's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah. I just love breaking away. And it's like now considering I actually like ride a bike a lot, like it just is very funny timing. That's a movie that didn't exist until this podcast, literally did not exist to me until this podcast. And now I would say it's like a, it's a movie I really enjoy. Nice. All right. Well then I, I like everything about that pick.
1: So I will continue to May 1993 with a Metacritic of 76. I will give you Ben Kingsley and Frank Langella. The five words are covering up an accidental death.
0: Covering up an accidental death. 93 had me going Tarantino, um, but it's not. Fargo came out way after 93. Um, Kingsley is so good. I have no idea what this is. Uh, this was episode
1: twenty six best fictional leaders and the movie is dave
0: oh dave that's right yeah i didn't get this when you did it the first time either <laughs> i like this one because it's it was just an out there i think it was the
1: only comedy in the in the in, in in like the whole list including most of pong although we probably had uh uh what's the what's the uh idiocracy we probably had uh <laughs> Camacho. Robert, Camacho, Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. He was probably in there too. But there was, I mean, Kevin Klein does such a good job in this movie. I really love him as an actor. And so the ability to find anytime I can legitimately take one of my favorite movies and put him in a category and it just totally works makes me happy. And this one made me really happy.
0: Is it, you just, you love him so much from Pirates of Penzance that like it just, it just. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick three off the
1: instant instant, quick three are Pirates of Penzance, Fish Called Wanda, and Dave. There's another fun movie, total date night movie. I'm sure it's streamable called, uh, I think it's called Calendar Man. Okay. Uh, he plays like a cop or a detective or a PI or something like that. It's cute. It's a cute little movie. Kevin Klein does a nice job in that too. I can't think of him in a movie that I don't like him in. In and Out, he was great.
0: He was great in In and Out. You know? Yeah. More Klein. That's totally fair. Uh, Okay. Uh, June 5th, 1998. It has a 90% on Metacritic. I will give you Noah Emmerich and Peter Krause. And my five words were entertained while entertaining stuck inside.
1: That's way more than five words.
0: No, it's not entertained while entertaining stuck inside. That's exactly five words.
1: Oh, yeah, I heard in and inside is two different words.
0: You're right. Sorry.
1: <laughs> Math is hard. Uh, this is uh, Truman Show. Yep. And I before you go, the, the reason I knew that is now I know who uh, Noah Emmerich is by name because of this pick of yours. Where I was like, how do I not know that guy?
0: Fair enough. Yeah, so this is from the episode 12, the top five movies you wouldn't rewatch. And the only reason that I had it in there is because it is a phenomenal movie that if once you know what's happening and you see it, it doesn't hold up.
1: <laughs> Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense.
0: Great one. It's a, it's a great single watch. So
1: 1992, 79 Metacritic, 87th movie of all time on IMDb. And 1994, 94, I uh, am... 94 metacritic imdb's eighth highest ranked movie of all time AFI's 94th of all time of their top 100 and there was not a top five at the time so the five or there's not a five word list so the five words you get now which are probably giveaways but you know i like you so here you go hooked feeling and preacher man
0: blues brothers oh no oh no you're
1: not you you want to do over
0: buddy no, listen. I didn't hear a single word that you said. I'm going to be honest. I, all, I'm just going so hooked on a feeling, preacher man, or two songs. Uh, what year is this? I, I literally blacked out. Okay,
1: ninety two and ninety four. I made two
0: different references, both highly ranked. Ninety two and ninety four. Yes. Now are we in Tarantino world? Uh huh. So is this Reservoir Dogs and uh, wow, Uma Thurman's one. one. Yeah, one that with, one. with all the other people in it, too.
1: That, yeah, that other one. That one. Yeah,
0: yeah. Vincent Vega. Why isn't this happening? I really can't. I don't know, but, I genuinely but I'm, I'm enjoying it.
1: I can't. <laughs> yeah, no, keep going. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh my no. God. It's, uh,
0: Pulp Fiction. There it is. That's the one. Jeez, JT. Get it together, bud. <laughs> Do
1: you remember the episode, though? No. <laughs> this is episode 16 Best Non Original Soundtracks.
0: Oh, it's great. Yeah, that's great.
1: And I picked this one, JT, for one very specific reason, which is it was the first time I truly cheated in a list making by having two different movies because they had released a dual album set. And that was sort of the beginning of us really playing with our own rules a lot. And uh, I think if it were not for that, we wouldn't have some of our
0: crazy rules. Yeah, I mean, basically that we just break all the rules all the time because it's about having fun. And that is true. I remember that. I remember being like, you did cheat, but that's a very fun cheat because technically it was not wrong. So, you know, we love technicalities here at the Lo-Fi Exactly. Topic. All right, so my last one uh, is November 8th, 2013. It's a 96 on Metacritic. Whoa. Uh, uh, Benda Huzel, Kambo Hwasa, uh, Paul Giamatti, Michael Fassbender – my five words were tricked, trapped, traded, tattered, returned. was the Paul Giamatti, Fassbender? What was the third one you
1: mentioned?
0: Uh, I said. I think I said Sarah Paulson, and then Ben DeHouzel, Cambrani. Um.
1: I'm I'm just going to guess Inside Out because you you like Inside Out a lot.
0: I do like Inside Out. No. So this is from episode 40 and it's movies with numbers. And this was 12 Years a Slave. And it is, it remains, I think, one of the best movies I've ever seen. (laughs) And for some reason, like after the year it came out, I feel like people don't talk about it enough. It is, it is, it is an unbelievably challenging movie to watch, but holy Moses, it's, It's so, it's like such an incredible film. And it was one of the only times, because I don't think you had seen this. Still haven't. Right. So I I think my memory of this was being able, getting to talk about this in, as a, someone who's learning more about movies and films. And like, I've learned a lot by doing this podcast. I've learned a lot from you and some of our other, like some of our listeners. And like, so watching this again, in the context of I wanted to watch it for that episode, it was a completely different viewing experience for me, and it was like really, really cool. And so I wanted to sort of like shout it out.
1: No, it's great. In fact, when you said torn and tattered, actually, this is what I thought you were going to. When you said returned at the end, I was like, uh, that sounds like something would be with slavery. So maybe there's not, and I still haven't seen it. And I knew the high Metacritic score, and it's around the right time frame for Inside Out. And yeah. I just sort of picked thought you'd have inside out in here somewhere.
0: I knew I to be honest, the reason I don't is because I knew you would think I had inside out somewhere.
1: <laughs> oh, tricky man. Tricky man. All right. November 16th, 1967. And I will give you two movies instead of two people. And they will the movies will be Angel Heart and Enemy of the State. Okay. The five words, also new, are. Sweater Show to Covering
0: Frampton. Sweater Show to Covering Frampton. I feel like this is an actor. Yeah. Okay. So now I'm trying to think what episodes did we do before we had five words that were actors? This isn't an on-screen duo. No. Um, We did the Kane Hackman. Not that. But it wouldn't be that. I don't think Alex Winters was in any of the movies you just said. <laughs> I, I really think
1: that the five words are more clueful for that 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 will work for you with a tiny bit more deduction.
0: Just covering. a ton. So f- sweaters to Frampton? What is Sweater it? Sweater show. Sweater show to covering Frampton.
1: Oh, man. Sweater thing's key. It's, it's like the linchpin of the whole thing. Got it.
0: Uh, it's not landing for me, so I won't make our audience wait any longer. All
1: right. Well, the sweater show was trying to get you to Cosby.
0: Right. It's a Cosby sweater, so I got right. that. That's what I was thinking.
1: So it's an actress f- from the Cosby show who's covered Frampton.
0: Oh, so is this Lisa Bidet an underrated actors?
1: Yes, it is. Yeah, well done. Well done. Thank you. And this was my, one of my actual, just personal favorites. Like I remember this episode, I did a lot more research than usual. And while looking through people, this is one of my, like I still maintain like of the whole, if I, if I could just name one underappreciated actor of our, of the modern filmmaking era, it would actually now just be Lisa Bonet. And I just want to see more of her stuff. And let's, let's get, let's, let's bring Lisa Bonet back. Let's make Hi. it, let's make Bonet happen.
0: I'm. I couldn't be more in for that. I love everything about that whole family. Basically, anybody in the circle of Bonet, Kravitz, Momoa, yeah, just all of them in movies all the time.
1: <laughs> the the Bonet, Kravitz Momoa connection.
0: Yeah, I'm totally in. Let's just do that. Let's do that. That sounds like an
1: episode. I'm. Yeah, sure. Let's go. We could totally do that. There's got to be a way to make that all work.
0: I'm sure there you is. You want to
1: give me? You you had two you had two more that you didn't make it in. Do you want to just name them without the guessing of the shtick? Just what were two of your other your other two favorites? I'll do my last two.
0: Uh, you can go first. I have to pull them back out. Go ahead.
1: All right. From the underrated Metacritic episode, the Ferris Bueller. I really like that pick because yep. again the research and then it's like sixty one. Uh, and then uh, scene making songs from a movie. I I got you, babe from Groundhog Day. Uh, I maintain is just a fun pick because it's such the opposite of what we were thinking for that kind of an episode.
0: Very well done. So the two that I had, one is actually from the same episode um, that you referenced before, which was, uh, oh, no, it just escaped my brain because I literally deleted them so I couldn't do this again. Uh, Oh, it was was Smoking Aces, which is a movie that I like. Oh, right vehemently stand behind and like nobody really like, I don't know. It's just not well regarded. Um The other one, I don't remember at all what episode it's from anymore, but blue chips. Um I thought the college episode was blue chips because blue chips is a movie that I wish more people had seen. And if it came out, if it came out today, it would be a very highly regarded movie, but because of when it came out, it's not. I think that's fair. Yeah.
1: By the way, I meant to tell you since it hasn't come up, I went looking. So I did see Smoking Aces at some point uh, because it's in my movies I gave a score to in, in IMDb. I don't know when, so I don't know if I saw it in the theaters or right after it came out or years later. But I will tell you this, I gave it a four. So I clearly didn't like it, but I'm going to give it another shot anyway. I put it back on my watch list because, because of you, your vouch.
0: Listen, it is a wild... Wildly dumb movie, but like it's, it is like it is such a popcorn movie. And basically, like, I think if you look at that, I mean, it came out in 2007, it's a lot of the stuff that you get from the Fast and Franchise, like the Fast franchise. It's a lot of the same stuff, but again, just to reorient why this movie is incredible. All right, Brian Reynolds, Ray Liotta, Jeremy Piven, Ben Affleck, Common, Andy Garcia, Alicia Keys, Taraji P. Henson, Chris Pine, Jason Bateman, Martin Henderson. That's pretty good. That's really, really good.
1: <laughs> it's really a good list. <laughs>
0: that's that's a lot of really big names. Like, yeah, and they weren't all necessarily big. I mean, some. This is like you know Ryan Reynolds, Affleck, Common, Taraji P. Henson, Pine, Bateman. None of them had really blown up yet. Like it's baby, all of these people, but still really good versions of it. And even though there's some like glaring plot holes, it's a lot of fun. Nice.
1: Well, JT, now that we're finished with our 50th episode we are still at 250 picks we have no new picks we have not increased the count by one not, that's true as monty python would say not a sausage so i think we need to get back on that what are what should we do next week buddy
0: so next week, uh, in honor of it being Memorial Day weekend, um, I don't know if this is a thing that everybody did. I did vet this with you before to make sure it wasn't one of those things that I thought everyone did but didn't. But like Memorial Day always meant camping to me, and so yeah. we're going to do our top five Roughing It movies.
1: Love it, love it. It's I you know, I don't know that everybody is camping, but I have to I would assume that everybody gets that concept that you you might not go camping, but you might go to like the state park and have a have your barbecue there. Like right, there's a certain amount of outdoorsiness. To yeah, the, to Memorial Day.
0: I mean, I think the thing is, being from the Northeast, it was the like it was the first weekend that you could kind of plan on the weather not sucking, and so you just <laughs> really looked forward to it every year, and so you just make a point to be outside the whole time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing that this weekend. Actually, we're now technically it'll be a glamping. This is not one of our. We're we are barely roughing it. I think <laughs> I think the roughing it part is like no shower, uh, but. Well, we'll do some real camping later in the year. So, yeah. good pick. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah, it will be fun. This was fun, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, 50 episodes plus, plus, plus deep. Uh, lots of, lots of movies. Uh, we are so appreciative of all of you. We're so appreciative of all the new people who are here. Um, keep giving us suggestions on the Twitters and on the Instagrams. And uh, you know what? We'll see you next week on the little five. You're simply <laughs>
1: Stand out your heart